Welcome to WebRush, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Web Rush. This is episode 223. Today, it's about delivering real pizza. I mean, delivering real world PWAs. And today, I'm John Pop along with my co-host, the host with the most, the man who loves blue, Mr. Dan Walleen. How you doing, Dan? I'm, I'm doing good, John. I hope everybody can see. I did wear blue today. Everybody see this through the audio? Oh, yeah, maybe not, but... Just, just imagining you in the color of blue. What shade of blue is your shade of blue, by the way? Because you have your own color on the Pantone, don't you? I do. Uh, John has uh, patented for me, I believe. Uh, yeah, Dan Walleen Blue, right? Dan Walleen Blue. In fact, my family <laughs> has gotten to know Dan's color so well that we actually have a photo of my entire family wearing Dan's color. We'll have to post it up on the uh, on the <laughs> website for WebRush one of these days. I'll bet you at home, listeners, also have some Dan Walleen Blue uh, and don't worry, he's not collecting royalties, so don't worry about that. I was just going to say, that they owe me royalties. Yeah. <laughs> it's a owe good me. color blue. It's a good color. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today's topic's all about progressive web apps. Dan, if you've developed any progressive web apps, I mean, what's your experience there? For real? No, I have not, I admit. Uh, I haven't done as much in the mobile space over the years. Our Back in the consulting days, it just wasn't what our clients were doing. But uh, I have played with it before. Does that count? Prototyped? I think that totally, totally counts. I mean, playing with an app and delivering, that's like totally the same, isn't it? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's like <laughs> Hello World PWA. Now you, now you did in previous world, previous job, you did quite a bit, right? With PWAs? I, I've delivered a couple of real ones. Um, I've done more demos than real ones, like most people have, right? We always do more demos than real. But I've done a couple of uh, real ones at my former job, not at uh, my current job. So it's been a couple of years. And what I'm excited to learn about today is when I was getting started in PWAs, it seemed like every time I had a question, uh, I either went to Google's docs or I went to Maxime. And the great news about that is we have the source with us today and he's probably surpassed our knowledge in PWAs by far over the last couple of years. I'm excited to introduce everybody to a return guest, Maxim Salnikov, welcome to the show. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. Thanks for inviting me. And I'm super happy to uh, tell everything what I know about progressive web apps and uh, about um, PWAs in production. So I'm looking forward to Yeah, I'm excited about this. In fact, I'm looking at our episode list and you were on episode four. Wow. Literally four. So it's uh, we're at 223. So it's been a little bit. It's been a coffee break <laughs> since you've been on the show. Um, and back then we were called Real Talk JavaScript. So we've expanded to everything on the web these days. And uh, I'm kind of wondering, has anything changed since 2018 in progressive web apps that you can share with us? I mean, anything at all? Well, 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 quite a few things uh, definitely uh, are fresher and uh, and better and uh, more stable and uh, better adopted by uh, browser vendors and, um, and developers. Um, yeah, definitely. Lots of uh, new APIs, um, lots of new possibilities. And um, again, the, the most important part is uh, developers love this more and more and um, adoption is better and better. That's great. I can't wait to dive in. But before we do, let's make sure our audience knows a little more about you, Maxime. Maxime Zalnikov is an Oslo, Norway-based cloud and tech community geek. 
He is a web dev maestro who builds apps since the end of last century and shares his extensive web platformer experience by speaking and training at developer events around the world. In the daytime, Maxime is boosting cloud skills at a country scale by leading developer engagement in Microsoft Norway. In the evenings, you'll find him flying around with a cape. I mean, sorry, you'll find him organizing the country's main web and mobile meetups. And he also organizes or co-organizes two full-scale tech conferences. Um, where do you find time to sleep? That's what I'm kind of wondering uh, after reading all the stuff that you're doing these days. <laughs> I sleep during conferences. No, just kidding. Oh, that's what you do during a conference. <laughs> yes, one, once it's organized, you know, like uh, and then the team takes control and uh, you just relax. Yeah, because you, you have that interesting role. You organize conferences and you also speak at conferences, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And actually, just uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, I delivered a session, not at the conference, but at, uh, at the large local meetup. And yeah, this is, uh, this is my full-time hobby. I really love to share my uh, skills, knowledge, experience, findings, uh, successes, failures with um, developer audience. Since the of the century. I love that in your bio, by the way, because I had to do a double take and I went, wait a sec, how old is this guy? And then I'm like, oh yeah, duh, we're in the 2000s. Because, you know, being born in the 1900 era, I'm uh, thinking of that for some reason. So that was a clever yeah. way to, to say it. But then I'm like, holy cow, that's a lot of experience though. I mean, given it's 2023. Yeah, back to uh, late 90s. Yes, I think this is time when I uh, created some some first uh, web, not not applications, but uh, web pages. And uh, we called ourselves webmasters by by those years. Oh, yeah. um, and of course, <laughs> everyone had uh, their very own uh, content management system. Um, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting years. Uh, all um, I, I believe lots of folks started with uh, PHP and MySQL, uh, and uh, myself included. Yeah, but uh, and and of course there were there was no term web front end and web app, and we had no idea um, uh, about where that goes and uh, that uh, progressive web applications will will appear in 2015. Actually, quite a few years ago, like eight years, right? No, which I know it doesn't sound that long ago to me, but it, it is. Um, real quick for our, our viewers' benefit, mm. you want to walk mm. us through kind of what is a PWA? Why would they use it? For those that maybe don't know much about it, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that the, the term itself appeared uh, in 2019. Well, sorry, 15, as I mentioned. And by the way, it was introduced by um, our today's colleague Alex Russell, who worked uh, in in Google uh, those times. Um, and um, yeah, this is just you know uh, this initial article. Uh, was called uh, something like um, escaping uh, browser tabs uh, tabs without uh, losing um, the soul and uh, it was uh, about like just a few thoughts about hey folks uh, now we have uh, amazing browser APIs or web APIs and uh, amazing integrations of browsers and operating systems, why do we reason about uh, what we build as web front-end developers as uh, like something that you have to always run within browser context because it's more or less self-standing self -standing application and uh, it has uh, UI, it has uh, uh, more and more actually business logic on the uh, front-end part and basically backends are becoming simpler and simpler in terms of they just serve JSON um, uh, for us. So why to start from the browser? And uh, 
uh, this is how the term appeared itself, and it, it was based on a few existing APIs on, on, uh, in 2015, like Service Worker API existed for uh, only a few years, uh, and the Web App Manifest, if I remember correctly, was in very like initial stage of um, its um, journey. And even, even uh, these like essential things were enough to start the reasoning about uh, experiences we built in um, in the browsers in the front end part or client side part as uh, applications and uh, uh, fast forward to to these days progressive web apps is about first of all uh, amazing set of capabilities and um, first of all of course it's um, now we don't depend on being always connected, being always uh, online, uh, like offline uh, readiness, offline first, offline friendliness is uh, number one topic of um, progressive web application. Uh, that is actually a very often scenario for bunch of um, web apps. I, I mean, we as developers tend to think, okay, um, why we were always connected, uh, or not we, but our um, customers, clients, custom. Uh, uh, users, but it's it's not true. So uh, uh, we have to think about uh, being online as a, as a privilege, as a not not default scenario. But okay, it's solved now thanks to Service Worker API. Uh, then um, access to hardware APIs directly from JavaScript code, bypassing all uh, wrappers, all uh, plugins, all uh, native-ish things. No, we have uh, now direct access to quite a few of uh, interesting hardware-related APIs. Uh, and, of course, uh, we cannot reason about something we see in the, on, on the screen uh, as about application without uh, full-fledged uh, installability of um, of this uh, thing. And uh, now it's also solved. Uh, there, there are all the ways to really nicely integrate your web front-end application with operating system. So it feels like native. It feels like uh, part of uh, this particular platform. Um, so these are key points of uh, what we call PWAs these days. And I'm super happy that it slowly becomes a commodity, uh, slowly becomes a kind of um, de facto standard for modern apps. Hey, are you building apps in React, Angular, Node, or some other framework? Well, with NX, you can build your full stack apps in a shared mono repo, integrate with modern tools, and reinforce best practices. You'll get advanced code generation and automatically configured tooling like Cypress, Jest, and Prettier that will simplify your workflow. NX also helps you simplify the relationships between applications and shared libraries to make it easier to share more code and develop more consistently across teams. And the best part is you'll build higher quality apps and spend less time on configuration. So visit nx.dev to get Narwhal's popular open source toolkit for monorepo development today. Maxime, I appreciate you answering Dan's question there too. And if you were talking to, because I know you do this as well, to a business person as opposed to a pure technologist, I'm kind of curious, how would you tell them if they asked the question of why would I build a PWA versus a regular web app? Like, how do you explain that to a business person? Uh, that's uh, that's a very good question. And uh, my experience shows that businesses, uh, like companies and business decision makers, they are uh, full uh, green light for progressive applications uh, because it helps to save money on uh, development. And if you talk about, um, let's say, um, more or less... Um, 
like from, from from medium to large businesses, they always have a bunch of um, customer facing experiences like a web application, a mobile application for iOS, mobile application for Android, and they have to uh, first of all create these applications. But uh, okay, this, uh, this is like uh, investment, but it's one time. But in addition, you have to support these uh, these apps, and um, this is uh, where you constantly spend money on these developer teams uh, support. While uh, if you build a slightly improved version of uh, your web application, and and you have to build your web experience anyway in the vast majority of scenarios. So if you slightly improve this by the features I mentioned. In many cases, I'm not saying that uh, it's a silver bullet and uh, solves everything. No, but still, in in many cases, it could be enough um, just to have a progressive web application instead of a whole uh, zoo uh, <laughs> like uh, of um, of the applications. And um, yeah, it helps uh, to optimize costs for development and um, support. Yeah, you're comparing it to a native app, right? So, in other words, if I can accomplish what I need with PWA and don't need any of my native apps, yeah, then that's a whole series of technology stacks I can uh, avoid. It also means, right, that I can iterate and get business value out faster because I'm only changing one thing, my web application, as opposed to having to dance around to all of those different stacks and keep them all aligned. Exactly, exactly. And uh, hello, Ward. Uh, uh, Happy to see that you are joining us today. Yes, well, welcome to our third co-host, Ward Bell, who dropped in like with a parachute in the middle of this podcast. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Very smoothly, though, this I might was add. Just like, it was like, I didn't need to hear all the stuff that I missed before this. <laughs> I, I only wanted to come in for the good part. <laughs> Ward's like, I already know what a PWA is. I could skip that part. Uh, yeah, that's a public display of affection, isn't it? Oh, 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 no, that's PDA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, so we're just like Game of Thrones Ward, you know, this Paul podcast. You know, we not only introduce characters in the middle of episodes, we also kill them off. So beware. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was a threat, Ward. I don't know. Yeah. Maxime, you're the guest, so you're safe. So, Maxime, I'd love for you to continue talking about um, your experience with PWAs. And I know one of the things you talked about before we started this was you've had some experience delivering specific PWAs, and you mentioned a, um, one with music that you wanted to talk to us a little bit about. Do you want to share with us kind of first, what is this app that you deliver first to kind of let the folks know, what does this thing do? And then we can kind of get into more of like, why why PWA? And what was what do you want to share with the audience about that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the app itself is uh, fairly simple, and uh, I encourage uh, everyone who listens to us, uh, just uh, go to the browser. Yeah, it still starts with the browser in many cases, and type in bpmtech.no. And uh, I'm so happy that I uh, registered this domain because I call my app BPM Techno. Uh, and uh, BPM, this is uh, bits per minute. This is crucial uh, like parameter uh for uh, DJing, and actually uh, this helps to mix 
two tracks together without, uh, I don't remember the term, but like bit to bit. And so you uh, uh, feel that these uh, tracks are like natural continuation of uh, each other. And especially uh, that's relevant for um, creative DJs who no, who do not just mix two tracks uh, uh, because um, all modern uh, DJ gears, they, they show this BPM parameter immediately. So they just calculate uh, this uh, and uh, your, your job as DJ is just to, you know, uh, either hit the sync button or apply some uh, FX um, or, or, or something like this. So this is like technically a solved problem. But if you uh, produce some tunes, some beats on the fly, um, I, uh, using whatever digital audio uh, uh, software uh, or maybe just synthesizer and uh, like you 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 produced some some beat uh, and it, it doesn't exist as a track uh, so you need some simple tool to listen this audio stream from the air and to detect this bpm for you if you wish to mix this with some existing track so this is a uh, long story short and i do a um, very uh, amateur level uh, homebrew djing and uh, music pr- producing so i was looking for such a simple and the free and the stable uh, tool, and I couldn't find the one. Uh, so what do we do as developers? Of course, we create this tool. And since uh, I'm a web developer, I decided, okay, uh, I will use JavaScript. I'll, I checked uh, what kind of web APIs are available, and uh, all uh, APIs for listening to audio stream on the fly and uh, calculating uh, BPM, and b- before that, applying some uh, some filters so you can easily like detect this uh, like kind of spikes on um, uh, audio chart um, it's it's available and uh, you can do it in in browser without sending this audio stream uh, to servers no it's it's all available here okay i created this um, app uh, it uh, works uh, good for me and then i decided okay it works fully in the browser, do I need to be connected uh, to internet to use this application? Of course not. Um, uh, as I mentioned, it doesn't communicate with servers at all. Uh, and uh, I decided my, maybe it's a best case scenario for PWA. So I added offline readiness for the application. Basically, once you open this URL, uh, the website starts its own live in your um, on your device, and um, you can safely uh, turn off your uh, Wi-Fi uh, and uh, still type bpmtech.no, and you will see this, and it will work. Uh, and then I decided, okay, uh, maybe I want to have more integration points with the uh, platform, with the device operating system. And uh, I started to experiment with uh, existing um uh, fields of web application manifest and uh, found uh, quite a few interesting use cases for this um, app. And I ended up um, with a kind of guinea pig for uh, my technical sessions, not only about uh, progressive web apps, but also about um, Azure static web apps, because I, of course, hosted this on Azure and uh, added um, some sophisticated functions uh, for um, potential building user account when people want to log in, for example, to check history of uh, 
uh, bits uh, they detected. So it's a work in progress. Uh, and uh, yeah, so um, set of functions I have now as a part of uh, uh, PWA is definitely overkill for such a simple functionality. But uh, again, as I mentioned, I often use this for, uh, on my presentations. And now uh, it's offline ready. Uh, then I added uh, a simple voting. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Sure, sure, sure. Let me pause you there for a second, Maxime. So when you say offline ready, just to make sure we're on the same page with our audience too, can you explain kind of what, what does offline ready mean to PWA? Yeah, absolutely. So once you fetched, uh, once you typed this URL and once you see this application on your screen, as I mentioned, uh, you safely can uh, turn off your internet connection and it will continue working as, uh, it, as it worked before. I mean, uh, it's... Uh, stored in the cache of your uh, So I can do my beats or, or... on the airplane, right? I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's where I yes, do not yes, have yes, Wi-Fi uh, yet. Uh, sky is the limit. <laughs> the sky yeah, is the go. limit. That's right. Exactly. And you know what? Yes. Everybody on the flight really wants to hear me DJ. And now I'm 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 on it. I'm on it. I got a uh, I got a story on that ward. Real quick, I was on a, on a flight about two weeks ago, and apparently the guy did not realize that his Bluetooth was not going to his headphones. It was going straight to whatever freaking loud setup he had. And the whole plane, we're all looking around like, who the hell is this guy? Like, turn off your crap, man. He, finally, about five minutes later, he did. So, yeah, we, we don't want that. So I've got to ask you now, I just Googled real quick, Ward Bell and DJ. And surprisingly, a lot of things came back. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder now if there's something going on that I'm not I, aware of. I, I am not able to make it uh, entirely as a software developer, so I have a secret life. You do. There's even a YouTube video up here of a sold-out show that you did. Um, there must be another Ward Bell who's a musician. <laughs> well, my, my top of mind idea is uh, to ask uh, Dali, this uh, neural network, to generate image uh, DJ Ward Bell in... Um, uh, cyberpunk style, uh, lots of uh, glowing neon on background. <laughs> we, the world I, needs I, that, I, I, Maxine. I, 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 I will post. I will post results somewhere. I can't think of a better way to spend your time. You got it. And just so folks know, I like to put the one plug in for the show too. That um, as we mentioned, a lot of these different technologies. We're dropping links into the show notes. You can check this out in the web page uh, for WebRush or my blog at johnpapa.net. Uh, and including Dali, for example, which is part of the OpenAI system, and it can create realistic images and art from description and natural languages. And I didn't just rattle that off. I read it from the web page. So definitely check out our show notes. So um, circling back, though, to the technology for a second, um, uh, I think that what's certainly got my curiosity, you, you said that you hooked it up to a whole bunch of capabilities of the operating system that some of which you didn't even know were available to you. And I think that's an intriguing thing because um, certainly uh, uh, one of the one of the knocks on um, browser apps is that they can't take advantage of the platform. And so kind of wondering what, if you could give us just a very short list of the kinds of things you tapped into. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, uh, but uh, first of all, I, I want to say that, uh, of course, this application is open sourced and uh, you can find code both for service worker and uh, web application manifest um, in my GitHub repo. And uh, the link to repo itself is uh, at the bottom, in the footer of the application. And I think we'll also uh, post link um, in uh, this um, episode description. So you can you can always go and explore all the details. And now... Um, let me list some features of uh, this integration point of the app and the operating system. First of all, uh, yeah, uh, on, of course, on top of uh, offline uh, readiness, it's a really good idea to uh, let people install the app. So maybe uh, someone is uh, so happy, so that they want to have the shortcut of the application on their uh, home screen if we talk about mobile device or desktop if you talk about mobile. And yeah, that's, uh, that's possible. And uh, this is... Uh, feature of um, PWAs and the web app manifest in particular that that is in production for years. But of course, uh, details are very different from uh, browser to browser, version to version, platform to platform. The wording is uh, different. The exact uh, location where this uh, application ends up is uh, slightly different. But uh, in the big picture, it's as close uh, as possible to how native applications behave on um, on that platform. So long story short, um, if you noticed when you open this uh, bpmtech.no, there is uh, a subtle icon on the right-hand side of uh, address bar uh, if you are on a desktop browser. Uh, again, icon is different uh, depending on which browser you use, and uh, currently it's only available for uh, Chromium browsers, this uh, icon. If you click it, tap it, uh, you'll get some dialogue uh, explaining a bit uh, what what will happen after you click install or add? And again, this um, um, it, small details are are different and, and uh, to, to be as close as possible to, to the platform. And it will end up as a shortcut, but compared to, let's say, um, classic shortcuts that we know from uh, 90s uh, of... Uh, like shortcuts to the website, this will be uh, installed application. I mean, uh, all files needed to run this app successfully are locally cached on the particular machine. And of course, uh, we as developers decide exact set of the files. So it's pretty um, explicit API, service worker API, when you have to um, yeah explain, yeah, we, we want to have this and this and this and this file um, cached. Next, so you have it installed. Then you can, uh, for example, uh, provide separate uh, separate shortcuts to start your application, uh, not, let's say, from the home screen, but from a particular feature. And in my case, this is um, UI that uh, gives you possibility to upload MP3 file, uh, or not upload, but just point uh, uh, to uh, MP3 file URL. Uh, so it currently works like this. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, detect BPM of this um, existing file. Uh, so you can either uh, long tap or right click, depending on platform, and you'll see in addition to, let's say, regular start of the app, what's called shortcut to start exactly from that uh, section. So and a shortcut course, on the phone that you can actually run the app yeah, from. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, it it uh, has its uh, own icon, so it's uh, pretty... So it uh, looks like a real app. Yeah. It, it is a real app, but it looks yeah, like yeah. a native app, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, next, 
uh, integration point I can uh, mention is uh, I registered this uh, application uh, mainly for just experimental experimentation reasons as a target for web sharing. And the uh, web share API is one of the most mature APIs in uh, uh, all these um, say post. Uh, capabilities family what, of... What can you share mm-hmm. with WebShare? Because I've looked at that one, but I, I haven't used it lately. So uh, uh, what yeah, would you I, share? Uh-huh. Uh, normally, I believe in the majority of scenarios, you share link. Uh, so uh, you provide link, you provide title and uh, description. But also you can po- you can share uh, binary data. It's like It's slightly different mechanism, but the same APIs. Like gotcha. A few more limitations. Like a file or an image or yeah, something yeah, that, like that's that. That's possible. So basically, I registered my BPM Techno as uh, one potential target for sharing. And uh, now when folks want to... Uh, when folks call this uh, native web share dialogue, uh, uh, so in addition to like Twitter, Facebook, mail client, uh, other messengers, uh, icon of uh, BPM Techno appears and uh, from my code, I can read what was shared and uh, take corresponding actions. But uh, I don't think that I came up with idea <laughs> what to do with information uh, I was yeah. shared. For BPM, what? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, I, w- I will come up with some uh, creative stuff. Yeah, I, I mentioned that uh, th- it's a bit overkill uh, set of functions for such a simple sure. um, idea. But you know, but you're oh, going through mm-hmm. a good list of, of things that are there. And it's funny, I, I went out and searched for some other sites because MDN is great for sharing this for what the APIs are. There's an API I'd love to ask you about that I didn't realize. Maybe I knew this, maybe I didn't. Um, I'm going to say I didn't that you could do, and I, I can think of so many great business applications, Contact Picker, which says yeah. you can allow apps to select the user's contacts after permission, of course, has been granted, which most of these, by the way, most of these features are after permission has been granted, right? Like it's not going to use your microphone or your camera without you knowing about it. But the Contact Picker, I can imagine, would really open the doors up to some pretty interesting applications to access your phone's contacts. Have you used that? And, and what do you think of that one? Yes, this API exists. I don't use this uh, in uh, BPM Techno, uh, but uh, it's a great example of uh, calling some native dialogue. And we don't care how this uh, UI of Contact Picker looks like, and it's different from system to system, and maybe even like uh, uh, vocabulary is different. So it's uh, a contact list uh, on mobile phone, it address book on desktop, so we don't care about that. Uh, we, as... Uh, web front-end developers as, uh, as JavaScript uh, programmers uh, care about way to call this uh, dialogue and then, of course, uh, get either uh, success with uh, contacts we selected or failure with uh, some explanation of what went wrong. And the uh, web share API is um, another example from that area. When you call some native dialogue, you don't care how that looks, how that feels. It, it feels like native one because it's native one. Uh, and you as a developer just to get the result of uh, this, um, this action. And uh, maybe similar story uh, with uh, file access API, another uh, relatively new from, uh, from this family, when you can get access to files, directories, both uh, read permission and write permission. And uh, you're absolutely right, John, for many of these uh, APIs, there is uh, a separate set of permissions. So users are fully aware of what they allow. And uh, of course, there is always, you know, finding proper, without compromising security, of course, uh, still uh, 
trying uh, trying to find proper balance between being uh, very uh, annoying uh, with uh, re- permission uh, request uh, permission about this 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 every single uh, action uh, and uh, still providing some understanding to people what what they do so for example for file system api uh, first of all all uh, system directories are like protected and not available and then if uh, i remember current state of specification uh, it uh, it's um, session based i mean once you gave permission it doesn't mean that next time uh, it's it just uh, goes as is you you have to request it every every session but at least not every single click so you see that there is a balance so john one of the things i like about ag grid which is a, a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps one of the things I really like about it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or, or just vanilla JS. Does that ring a bell for you? Oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools because they have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them. Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally, we're a consulting company. And, you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue. But they're all going to need a grid. And it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid. You know, at at any size company, too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice. So if a multi-framework data grid makes sense to you, please go check out AG Grid at ag-grid.com. Maxine, I appreciate you sharing all of this. And there's so much to learn about this. Um, and we dropped in again, just to mention folks, into the show notes, all these links that we've been talking about here, including a lot of the features in the APIs. My favorite page to go to is the MDN page because it shows so much. But Google has some really good docs too. So check these out inside there. And then I found a new page I didn't know about called whatpwacando.today. And you can find that link in our show notes. And it's actually a PWA that helps you actually try all these things. So it's like a, it's a demo and docs together. It's kind of neat. So you can try like geolocation or authentication or audio recording or vibration, for example. And Max, we'd like to end our show with a final thought for our audience. This can be on topic or anything related, uh, such as events or conferences that you run or books you've read, or maybe you just really like Star Wars and want to talk about it. So uh, what is your final thought for today, Dan Wallin? <laughs> John, Ward and I are both laughing because uh, you can't see us. That's good. Anyway, what, John's very good at sneaking in little nuggets that nobody else will get except for mostly us. So I uh, wait, got wait, thrown wait, off my game. The, what was that nugget? Are you saying people don't like Star Wars in this world, Dan? I think 99.999 do, but we you know, there might be a point oh 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 one percent that don't. There, there is an outlier. I don't know who we know. Yeah, I don't know who we know. We might know that one person. Ah, <laughs> uh, so getting back to it. So I, uh, I'm going to have to admit I have been using Chat GPT a lot lately, um, for good or for bad, uh, and it has been very helpful in certain cases. And I just got access. You know, you had to go get waitlisted to the quote, new Bing. Now, I'm gonna preface this with, yeah, I work at Microsoft folks, but it doesn't matter. I'll tell you what I think. It's freaking cool. Um, 
not only do you get the search, but now you can summarize web pages, you can chat about the concepts, and it follows up with mostly useful stuff. I'm quite shocked, actually. So we'll see where it goes in the future, but uh, it's it's been pretty impressive so far. So that's I guess my final thought is, if you haven't tried to get on the wait list, I had to, by the way, I didn't get internal access. I had to do the normal go through the wait list. Uh, so I got the email like two days ago um, at, at, from the date of this recording anyway. And it's been pretty cool. So there you go. There's my thought. My rambling thought, John. I think that's that's a great rambling thought. And we'll drop some links into the notes. I'll, I'll ask Dan to do that real quick to find those links so you can actually apply for that wait list. And there's also an article which I'll drop a note into uh, the Bing team posted a article on their learnings from their first week of having this out live in the wild to see kind of what information they're observing from people using it uh, to see what happens. So check that out. Ward, what is your final thought for the audience today? Well, I just started thinking of all the things that I don't like about Star Wars and how to relate that to PWA. And, uh, and, and you know... Uh, we had our tour of heroes, John. That was uh, that, had, and you, we, you've done various conference things, and you've made s s the Star Wars API thematic, just to annoy me, I think. And I, and you know, I'm just thinking, what is a project I don't want to work on, and that's turning it into a PWA. So uh, there you go, outlier. Well, just outrage. for just for you, I have found in a Google search, Star Wars Guide. It's a application that looks like a PWA that's completely Star Wars based. So I'm going to drop that into the show notes just for you, Ward. I've not tried this yet, by the way, but please hey. install it, Ward. And we'd like to see proof that you installed it on your phone. It's an atrocity. Oh, this is a crime against <laughs> humanity. <laughs> and Maxine, what is your final thought for the audience today? Uh, well, actually, uh, I will build up on what uh, Dan presented because yeah, then, then read my mind, uh, and OpenAI is uh, something that's um, on top of my mind these days. I uh, present about this uh, cool thing almost every single day for Microsoft customers, partners, communities, um, and this is something that's really, really trendy, at least in Norway. Uh, and yeah, I'm super impressed by its possibilities uh, to connect this um, with development and PWAs. Yeah, maybe uh, um, next uh, your next PWA will be uh, uh, 30, uh, 40, 50, 60, I don't know how many percents generated by AI. Uh, you say, hey, create a service worker with this and this and this fun functionality. Hey, uh, create a web application manifest with uh, this and this and this integration point with operating system. Uh, and this is just one of uh, infinite number of applications of OpenAI. Which means we'll have infinite number of Star Wars made-up episodes and spin-offs all generated by ChatGPT. And they have a, a fair chance of being better than anything that would actually be crafted by a director. <laughs> Wow. I was waiting for the, I knew there had to be a punchline to that. And that was a good one. And that's why we're never getting syndicated on anything owned by Disney or Star Wars. No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks for my final thought for today. I'm going to jump on the AI uh, bandwagon a little bit, but instead of talking about stuff that is new, hot, latest, or coming soon, I want to talk about a good old AI friend of ours, which we did a show on uh, recently too, and mentioned many times, and that's GitHub Copilot. If you haven't tried out GitHub's Copilot yet, 
you're really missing out. It's and they're constantly improving it. And I believe I read a blog post earlier today where they they meaning GitHub just updated the model behind Copilot to be mm. even more improved. So you can see where the, where the direction's heading. And I saw a demo today, for example, you don't just think about the code you could write with this. Uh, a gentleman I was looking at today doing a demo had created a readme file and needed to fill out the details of what does this project do? And if you're like most of us, like the readme is like, oh, man, I got to create the readme now. You know, like, how do I describe what this thing's doing? The way he was writing that, it was detecting what the, what the code in that re, uh, repo did. And it started writing the readme file for him. And it was just so easy to see how this flowed. And then there was another place where he was putting together like a list of links and resources. And in that list of links and resources, Copilot was automatically in the readme filling in. Well, you know, you're talking about, it must have seen, you're talking about React in this uh, repo. Let's create a link right to the React uh, documentation. So it started putting in links that were pertinent to that in the readme. My point here was it's, it's a really cool uh, tool to not only help with coding, but it's also really great for like just writing out like, you know, I'm trying to get my, gather my thoughts in my readme and put relevant information to help people. So the applications of Copilot are, in my mind, growing dramatically. And the number of languages it supports are just astonishing, quite frankly. So it's not just JavaScript. There's so much more. Uh, check it out. I put a link in there on the website. I'm a big fan of Copilot and uh, the best editor to use it with. I'm totally biased is VS Code. So give it a try. I'm addicted hey, to it, John. Yeah. You're addicted to John? That's great. Thank you, Dan. Uh, yeah. So Star Wars, that's what I was going to say. And, and, for, and for all of you out there, thank you for listening to us for another week. And for our great sponsors for keeping us on air, those great sponsors are Narwhal. Thank you for keeping us on air for several years. And AG Grid for keeping us up and alive and running. And for the sponsors who aren't so great, Idea Blade. Thank you, Ward, for keeping us on the air. <laughs> totally tongue-in-cheek. Star Wars has to be one of our sponsors, aren't they? Because we talk I about think them they must every be. week. I think Idea Blade <laughs> must sponsor Star Wars. Uh, you know, we really got to tie those two together. Uh, Idea Blade's Ward's great company. He's been a helpful sponsor for us from the beginning and also helps us by co-hosting on the show. And Max, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate our listeners, all of you out there. You'll hear from us next week, every Thursday morning. See you next time. 